This is the Speaking of Writers podcast. I'm Steve Richards. It's the age-old question, what am I willing to surrender to gain what I most desire? It's historical fiction at its finest and deadliest. In best-selling author Joy Jordan Lake's Under a Gilded Moon. Out this holiday season, it's depicting the class of classes and cultures around the famed Vanderbilt-owned Biltmore House in Asheville, North Carolina. Under a Gilded Moon highlights the aspirations that drive not only those with power and wealth, but also the people who live in the shadow of the privileged. Joy is the author of eight books, including... A Tangled Mercy, a number one Amazon bestseller and also an editor's choice recipient from the Historical Novel Society, Blue Hole Back Home, which won the Christie Award for First Novel, and the children's book, A Crazy Much Love. Raised in the foothills of the Appalachians, she's spent several summers in and around Asheville, North Carolina, where the Biltmore Estate is located. She continues to love the Blue Ridge Mountains and drags friends and family there with her whenever possible. She holds two master's degrees and a PhD in English and has taught literature and writing at several universities. You can connect online with Joy Jordan Lake on her website, joyjordanlake.com. Happy to have Joy Jordan Lake join me now here on Speaking of Writers. Joy, welcome to this program. Thanks so much, Steve. I appreciate your having me on. So what is this new novel all about? Well, it it is. As you said, I love the way you put it, historical fiction at its finest and deadliest. It is a class of cultures. Of, um, it's the the privileged versus the, the desperately poor. It's, um, it's art and architecture and, you know, the Appalachian people at their most dignified and most ferociously independent. And it was so much fun to research because you have the Gilded Age wealth. And um, you've got this just, you know, the pinnacle of French Renaissance architecture being built in the most remote part of what at the time, at least, of the Appalachians and, the, you know, this very independent population there. So it, it was great fun. The character, the main character, Carrie McGregor, what is Carrie like and how did you develop and create her? She um, She actually came from this wonderful moment when... Um, I was touring the Biltmore Estate just as a guest. Um, I had a couple of moments earlier in my life before that when I thought, you know, it'd really be fun someday to write a suspense novel set at the Biltmore. But on this particular day, I was touring the Biltmore and had one of those great tour guides who really just goes above and beyond and, and loves all your nosy questions. And um, and at one point, he said, you know, toward the end of acquiring the property, George Vanderbilt's agent, Charles McNamee, had bought up a lot of it so that no one locally would know that this was Vanderbilt money behind buying up 125,000 acres. Um, and, but toward the end, they began to have trouble with just a couple of families who just would not sell their land. You know, the farms went back generations and these were, uh, you know, the kind of folks to whom money means nothing. They didn't care about money. They lived in this barter economy where they made everything they used or they bartered, you know, chestnuts or apples or, or whatever they had for whatever they needed. And they wanted nothing to do with Vanderbilt money and wouldn't sell. And that was the moment when I thought, oh, you know, that's when this Carrie McGregor character kind of began showing up in my head. Um, that's how weird writers are, as you know. Um, as this woman, this young woman who has a foot in both worlds, she's been to New York on scholarship to Barnard College. She has that foot in the New York world of she she can swim in that sea of wealth and education. Um, she's very smart. 
Um, but she comes from this area, the Asheville area. She grew up on this farm in a lot in one room log cabin. And um, she's called back home when her father, who's been an alcoholic, been abusive to the family, um, is dying. And so she's both very bitter and resentful about this man, but also feels duty bound to come home and care for her younger siblings and care for her father as he dies. And so she's very torn um, and swears she'll never work for the Biltmore, never have anything to do with George Vanderbilt. And of course, like lots of things we, we swear we'll never do. She comes to a point where um, she's forced to make a lot of hard choices. So that's sort of the, the general setup, but there are lots of other characters, some from history and some from, from imagination. Where did the title under a gilded moon come from? Well, there's several there's several scenes um, being a historical mystery, several scenes at night, um, lots of suspense. There's a murder um, after a train has just arrived in Asheville um, in the, the Biltmore Village area. Um, so that's that's from one of those scenes. And um, there's a there's a prior murder in New Orleans. It's actually historical um some italians my husband sicilian and calabrian descent and um the the historical setup of that is that in the 18 early 1890s an irish police chief was killed in new orleans and the italian community was blamed for it probably not responsible for it but but blamed for it and so like 14 italians were um lynched and there's this big lynch mob and about eight italians who had been in jail escaped in the midst of the chaos. Um, so one of those escaping Italians, um, meanwhile, the Biltmore was built by Italians, Sicilians and Calabrians brought over. They did a lot of the stonework on this gorgeous 250 room house. Um, so anyway, one of those Italians has come and, and one of the actual uh, head stable masters at the Biltmore in 1895 was Italian. So um so that's all you need to get a writer's imagination going. <laughs> so yeah. one of those guys has come, and it's unclear whether or not he is responsible for the murder. And then another murder happens right as the novel begins um, of a journalist coming down from New York trying to uh, get to the bottom of some secrets. We're chatting with best-selling author Joy Jordan Lake here on Speaking of Writers. Her new novel is Under a Gilded Moon. Joy, what was your primary challenge in writing this novel, and what are the challenges in writing historical fiction? Oh, that, that's a great question. Um, I think one challenge is if you enjoy the research of it, and I, I bet every single historical novelist does enjoy it. That's why we do it. But um, one challenge is to finally stop researching and make sure you're writing, because if you enjoy it, you can just keep going down one rabbit hole after another. I Right now, I'm doing some research in the late 1940s, early 1950s, and you know, the other day I was like learning about how Bentleys are made, you know, these cars in the late 1940s, more than I really needed to know about how the engines were put together. And um, you just get interested in these obscure things. Um, so that's one challenge is to kind of know how much you need to know about different things to make it feel like the reader has walked into this other world. You want them to feel like they're, in this case, in 1895, feel like they're in the Gilded Age. You want them to feel like they're one of the, the very, very wealthy um, when they're in the inside the Biltmore as one of George Vanderbilt's guests, or you want them to feel like they're really living in Appalachia, um, one of the mountain folk um, for those chapters. And um, so you, you need it to taste and smell and look, you know, 
you, you do need to know about, you know, how, how a banjo was made, you know, from a gourd and things like that to feel authentic, but you need to know when to make sure you're writing and not just, you could spend the rest of your life just doing research. And I think the other thing is to know for me, something I always try to challenge myself about is how much you want to keep exactly according to what historically happened. And so for events and people, I always want to make sure I'm staying within those lines of um, there was one character is one character in the book that I would love to have killed off (laughs) the the most villainous one. Um, But, but he's a historical character and he didn't die until much later. Um, So I couldn't kill him off in the novel. So, you know, rules like that, that I keep for myself um, or whatever actually happened as an event, like that lynching I talked about in New Orleans, you know, making sure I'm staying true to what happened, but then also allowing enough room for um, a fictional character. So that those are the kind of lines we all have to make decisions about um, to keep it interesting for the reader. So they are learning something maybe they didn't know about history, because that's what, you know, what I enjoy about historical fiction. Um, you know, so you have to keep be honest with your history, but you also, you know, want to have the fun of creating a story. So, yeah, so those are a couple of the challenges anyway. Joy, do you use an outline or do you let the story unfold as you're writing it? You know, a little bit of both. I, um, in this case, and in the case of my last novel, A Tangled Mercy, in both those cases, I really fell in love with a place in general. The last one was Charleston, South Carolina. This one, um, obviously, Asheville, North Carolina, and the Biltmore Estate. Um, so in this case, the in the last one, the challenge was to, okay, so I have the place. Now, you know, what's the time period and what was going on? What were, what were people thinking about in the 1890s? What were the politics like? What were people arguing about? You know, what were the cultural conversations, the fashion, the, you know, all that? Um, and what were people worried about, you know? Um, and... And so you kind of go looking for the story because you have the place. Sometimes if you have a character or an event, um, that's a different process. But in this one, it was sort of a dance of doing enough research that I began to, you know, have a character like Carrie McGregor um, and then a little more research. And then, oh, okay, here's this Italian stable, stable master at the Biltmore. And, oh, look, there's this lynching of Italians. And so suddenly now there's this Italian character whose voice becomes important or, um, this debutante from New Orleans who's a um, kind of walks on as the she's the niece of Edith Wharton, a historical character who was a good friend of George Vandergalt. So it's kind of a dance back and forth of, for me at least, doing enough research that a story begins to take shape and then more research um, and more outlining. And then I just try to be hold my outline loosely so that when I come on, come upon more interesting research that changes something, um, I can adapt. So it's I kind of go back and forth and try to just make sure that as someone who loves to read myself, that things stay interesting and um, I don't confuse the reader too much with I, I'm bad about just, you know, more and more and more characters. And um, and I, you know, suddenly it's it can become a mom. So I have to be careful um, not to be throwing too many people at the reader so they don't get too confused. It's, you know. I think Tolstoy can get away with that, but, you know, <laughs> maybe I can't. So, Joy, what genres do you especially enjoy reading and which do you tend to avoid? 
you know, well, obviously historical fiction, but I also really enjoy um, mystery, whether it's Agatha Christie or um, Jacqueline Winspear's novels. Those are historical mystery. Obviously, the Maisie Dobbs series that between World War One and World War II. Um, love those. Um, I love Louise Penny's novels, contemporary mysteries set in rural Quebec, um, Gaman, Gamache, Armand Gamache um, series. Love those. I mean, but I'll I'll read all over the place. I just downloaded a C.J. Box uh, novel, which I've never read before. But you know, this Wyoming. I think he's a sheriff. Yes. I haven't read it yeah. yet. Just read enough pages, and it was just great fun. So, you know, anybody that either I enjoy or think I can learn from, you know, so if if a writer is really good at just pulling you in and not letting you go, you know, that's somebody I want to learn from. Or if it's someone who's just so beautiful in their research or you know, if the language is lyrical, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to just learn from anyone, but I, I sort of read all over the map. Are you hard at work on another novel? And if so, can you give us a sneak peek into what it's about? Um, yes, I am hard at work on it and um, it's not been acquired yet. So I'll just, but just the sneak peek is um, the set right after World War II, um, a young woman who's been teaching um, in a university setting. And as the GI's came home from World War II, you know, obviously the GI Bill sent them back to um, back to college or, or go to college. And anyway, she ends up, she's just lost her job in the university setting. Um, and she's, as a, as a woman, she's been essentially bumped out of the system. And um, she's gone back home. She's had a series of tragedies in life. So it begins right as she's having to decide to go back home to this little village on the coast of Maine. Um, and it's, uh, it's, uh, I really hope it's the beginning of a series because I, I love these characters and I love the setting. It's based loosely on Kinneybunkport, Maine, which is a place I love anyway. Um, so I, I think I should probably have to do a lot of, you know, a lot of return trips, mandatory research, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, see if I can get some friends or family to go with me. Um, but I, you know, I hope it could be sort of a, um, a place that readers would want to come back to again and again for a mystery, but also to fall in love with the characters and fall in love with her. I, I really like this new character. So I hope she gets to live an, a long life. <laughs> and what would you like readers to take away from this book under a gilded moon? You know, I, I've never to this point after eight books, I've never said, Oh, I hope this can be an escape novel ever to me in in my mind that always sounds like you know I don't know a dime store sort of um but this particular season in the middle of a pandemic and you know just such a hard year I've got several friends with COVID right now and other friends who've lost jobs or you know on the edge with their businesses and so this year of all years i would be deeply honored if anyone feels like they can escape through this novel, you know, to travel to this gorgeous place, the Blue Ridge Mountains, and and to travel back in time, um, not that this was a better era than ours, but just it's striking how many parallels there are between the 1890s and, and our time in terms of what people were arguing about and thinking about. There are all sorts of um, political parallels, and so it's really striking. Um, but it's, you know, it can just be a great getaway to just just walk into this other world and try to, you know, puzzle out a mystery and be charmed by characters that, that hopefully are captivating. And so, um, 
you know, I, I hope it is an escape and I hope I hope people are struck too by the parallels. To me that was a good reminder that okay, we as a culture have faced these same kind of um debates before over these issues, whether it's race or, you know, lots of these different issues. And here's what we here's where we went wrong before, here's what we did right before. It's just it's kind of interesting just to be reminded, oh yeah, we this is not the first time we've had these conversations. So um, yeah, so mainly I just hope it's a good story, um, and I hope it's a it's a comfort to people who need to to kind of forget about their own lives for a while. But I also hope it's a bit a bit challenging too. Yeah, the Blue Ridge Mountains, that Asheville area is just beautiful. If you've never been, definitely go there. But this book takes you there. Joy Jordan Lake, uh, the book is Under a Gilded Moon, and you can connect with Joy on her website too, joyjordanlake.com. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much, Steve. I appreciate your having me. And this is Speaking of Writers.